Welcome to episode nine of North and Goal. You know what? I thought you were going to get us some music to lead us in. <laughs> what happened to that? A theme song? I, I should. Uh, I, we just need to practice. We need to rehearse. If we, if we, uh, the best music is like, like a jam session. You know? Yeah. Get, you get a bongo over there, and I'll get like a little <laughs> harmonica. That'd be good. That'd be, be good a, idea. A new song every episode. Yes. Well, for those that don't know, I am Jake, the mighty Alaskan Ute. And I am Benji, and I'm Alaska Utah. And here's the thing, too. We've we've known each other for a long time, and we didn't intentionally pick similar Twitter handles. I was on Twitter before I knew he was on Twitter, and we yep. knew each other in real life. And then one day, I see him, like, I'm like, wait a second, an Alaskan that's on part of my Twitter world, like, you know, the BYU-Utah world. I was like, who is this joker? And then I figured it out. I can't. I think it was a picture of your truck or something like that. I'm like, yeah, I know that probably. truck. Yeah. And then and then I was totally trying to hint at it one day. I started getting in your mentions, and you're like, what part of Alaska are you in? And, I'm, and I was dropping these big-time hints like, well, I'm in North Pole, and part of the reason I moved up here was I used to actually work in Bountiful, and I worked right next door to a guy who grew up in Juneau. And before I moved, <laughs> I was asking him about Alaska, and you were just like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember that. I was being yeah, too subtle. That's funny. Yeah, man, you sat in my office for hours opining on whether to make that move up there, and then boom, here we bump into each other on Twitter, and here we are, and I've got the world's most successful podcast. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. we're actually doing pretty well. I've had and and we're gonna put it out there. I I just clicked on my, the little podcast thing, like put this everywhere, and I didn't realize there's some. I have some work I need to do. I want to get this everywhere, but we're on quite a few formats. Um, the, the two I know of for sure, iTunes and Spotify. So tell your friends. Because that's the thing I was thinking. I was like, you oh, know, I have been. I've been telling everybody. I oh no, I'm talking. I'm talking to the listeners right now. Oh. We should have oh. a signal to each other. Yes. Those of you listening while you drive, tell your friends. Yeah, I, I honestly haven't told. I don't have my friends are already on Twitter. I don't really have non-Twitter <laughs> friends. Like, uh, what a world, I have animals dude. up here, and they're not going to listen. You know what's funny is you mentioned Twitter. Is I, I never ever tell my wife about anything that goes on on Twitter because I think <laughs> it's so nerdy and so yeah. ridiculous, right? But I read her your tweet, and I've never read her a tweet in my life. I was like, I laughed really hard, and she's like, "What are you laughing? At? You got to hear this." So I read her the tweet that said, "Here comes the long-awaited one-hour church announcement." <laughs> <laughs> about general conference and uh for some reason that struck me as hilarious and yeah it's true though it's not gonna be I, I it's one of those things you just know the way it works uh, five years i bet within five years someone's gonna be like <laughs> why do we have to go two hours this is so useless yeah. do you remember i mean i don't remember this but i was told this when i was really little i apparently went to primary like on wednesday i guess or, or something or they had sacrament like later in the evening and Sunday school in the morning. I don't remember, but that's yeah. what I was told. I didn't. Know, I I don't remember that. I th- I think I missed that. But we're about the same age, so maybe they yeah. maybe they lagged behind in the Salt Lake area a little bit. Maybe so. But anyway, um, I, do we. We don't really need to cover football this week, so what other things do you want to whoa, talk whoa, about? Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. I am ready. Let's just <laughs> dive right in. What are we beating around the bush for? You know what's funny? I was thinking about this a minute ago. How the tides have turned from two weeks ago yeah, when we're was... recording our midnight <laughs> podcast, and I was screaming at the top of my lungs in my office, and you were just on cloud nine. You've, Man, how, you've how set, tides have turned since You then. set the precedent. People are people are expecting me to yell, and I just I can't. You know, I'm yeah. like you were you were like raging with fury, and I'm already dead. 
I'm not gonna yell. <laughs> I've got nothing. It's like that. It's like that meme where he's poking the horse, like do exactly. something. <laughs> but dude, the thing is, I mean, we recorded mine like two hours after you. Oh yeah, just got it was fresh. Beat by Washington, so you've yeah. had a few days to think about. It. So let's dive right in, man. I All know right. you don't want to do this, but you're a Utah State alum, so you, I deep am. down, you've got to feel good about this, right? Do you know, here's the thing. I have Utah State clothing. My sister works there. My brother works at BYU, and my sister works at Utah State. And she, like, she sent I, my house burned down, so I had nothing to wear. So, you know, <laughs> that's fine. But she sent, she was like, these were like two bucks each. So I have a bunch of sweats with USU stuff on them. And you know what? My house burned down, so I wear them. <laughs> and so yeah. I, I can I can put on those sweatpants and be like, yeah, uh, my team's a winner. Uh, hats off to Utah State. They earned it. It was dominant. This was no – there's no excuse any BYU fan could reasonably give for we should have won. We should not have won. We we probably should have lost by more points than we did. It was it was bad. It was ugly. Every phase of the game, the things I expected Utah or BYU. Utah, see, I don't even know who I cheer for anymore. What I expected BYU to do, if nothing else, was win the line of scrimmage battle because it's Utah State and you're BYU, and that's what you did on the off season. You rebuilt who you were. You said we're not going cute and quick anymore. We're going to be a physical offensive line and a physical defensive line. And we're going to go toe-to-toe with Wisconsin. And you know what? I believed because we did. We dominated Wisconsin. But then you show up and Utah State manhandles you on the line. And that that's a reason for concern. Um, so I i just don't know. It seems this program has, um, what, they're very flighty. They're very, uh, I don't want to say bipolar, but, you know, because that's, like, yeah. they're really are bipolar. Well, no, I mean, that, that's, like, a, that's a good point because you bring up, I mean, it doesn't matter how up or down. If you can beat Wisconsin at Wisconsin, regardless if Wisconsin ends up great or just average, yeah. it's still freaking Wisconsin at Wisconsin. Oh, right. If you can yeah. beat Wisconsin at Wisconsin and, as you said, manhandle them, and then uh-huh. still, <clears throat> I know Utah State's on the come and they're blah, 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 but they're still the nine-year-old with a knife, like you said last week, right? <laughs> yes. And, and so... They- how, and here's how, the thing, they didn't even stab you in the back. They stabbed you right in the stomach and they did it slowly <laughs> and you allowed it. Why are you allowing that? You could step yeah. around you can move there's so many things you could have done. And you just watch the knife slowly move into your stomach and now you're dead. And that's why I'm not I guess I am yelling. <laughs> yeah, you are. That's good. This is good. Let's just let it all out, man. I promise yes. you you'll feel better. But yeah, that's that's what I, I, yeah. I have a hard time wrapping my brain around is what was that, two weeks apart or three weeks apart? You go into Big Ten, top 10 Wisconsin. Yeah, it was. Them. Three weeks later, at home against freaking Utah, freaking state. Yeah. yeah man, so so why why is that happening? What do you, what What is well, going on, Benji? I predicted, you remember, I predicted an overtime game because I knew Utah State was good, and I expected BYU to show up. And I think if that BYU had showed up, the Wisconsin BYU, it's going to go down to the wire because you can't overlook Utah State this year. I truly think... It's Utah State or it's San Diego State in the Mountain West this year. And and shoot, for if any of our listeners are – I don't know if anyone in the Utah State, primarily Utah State fans, listen to us. You know what? This is your year. I, I feel like uh, I would love to see Utah State win the Mountain West because then suddenly that loss doesn't seem like such a bad loss, an embarrassing loss. I It would kill me to see them go to a New York Six game, though. So I'm, I'm suddenly – we talked last week a lot about the chaos when your team's yeah. out of it. You just want the underdogs <clears throat> all the time. 
you don't suddenly, want that much chaos. Suddenly I'm a UCF fan. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. We need a G5 to really dominate so Utah State can win the Mountain West and go to the Vegas Bowl and play Utah, and then we'll know who's the biggest – we'll, all the questions will be answered. I, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I thought I they already answered when you said you were going to compare the Washington games. I thought they were answered after that. Remember, you said that you'd compare. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I thought the answers are already there. So we got to wait now till we play Utah State. No, no, no. no. I'm not saying I'm not saying the BYU Utah game. I'm saying I would love to see Utah and Utah State play each other oh, to see. answer those questions. Like I, because that's the thing. And there's a lot of people that hate that on Twitter. There's been a lot of people just complaining about, you know, Utah State throttles BYU, and their fans are like, yeah, clearly we're the best team in the state. And then props to Utah. You know, you showed up, uh, had a great win against Stanford, and then all of a sudden all the Utah fans are like, how dare you say you're the best team in this? Like, it, it's still going to be a good game, you know? If, if Utah State and Utah played, I don't think I'm comfortable putting a significant amount of money on either team on that game. Well, uh, let's, let's, look at, let's look at a few things here. All right, <laughs> let's look at a few things. Uh, I mean, I know how this ends, man. Utah State <laughs> runs their mouth, okay? That's what they yeah. do. And eight, we freaking won 14 the last 15 times we've stepped on the field with these guys. Same thing happened when Matt Wells' first year. Oh, Utah's, we're going to beat them, blah, blah, blah. And we just we just beat the Aggies, man. We, you know? Yeah, I know the feeling. Them, we don't let them stick that knife in us. We just Believe we knock me, that I, knife I, out of their head. I know the feeling. Um, no, I, I, I get I And mean, that's the thing. You can't expect a true Utah fan to be like, yeah, we're close. Like it's Especially, it, you expect me to say that, especially after we travel to a top 15 Stanford and work them to, to, to give little brother with a knife any credit. That's a good nah. enough segue. Let's talk about that game. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, we'll well, know, I, I still have more BYU thoughts, but we'll get to them later. They're we'll future thoughts. We'll I'm done back. with the past thoughts. So you recall last week I said I was optimistic, right? Yeah. I, yeah. E- even though we had just l- had three straight bad games where we looked terrible against Northern Illinois, Washington handled us, and we lost mm-hmm. at Wazoo, I still said I feel good about it because we always match up well with Stanford. Yeah. And for some reason, Witt owns David Shaw. He's 3-1 and one against him. Since we've been in the Pac-12, uh, even when we went five and seven, we beat a number five Stanford team. The next year at Stanford, we mm-hmm. win in overtime. Last year, we it was a really close game. We just play well against Stanford, and dude, for the first time all year, the team showed up that I thought we would have. We had yeah. Zach Moss running it at will down their throats. The line was creating huge holes against Stanford, and dude, it's not like we were playing Northern Illinois or Weber State. This was freaking. This is Stanford, who's known for their line play. You know, I, and, I would say. Oh, go ahead. No, and that's fine. And 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 our our offensive line handled them, and our defensive line handled them, and it was it was incredible. It was for me, it was the best game I've seen Utah play as a whole since the already aforementioned Oregon game of 2015, where yeah. we beat them 62 to whatever. That's going back a ways. Now I. I I watched enough of that game. I watched the first quarter in my kayak, which was kind of cool. I was out just, you know, I've got like one week left of kayaking before my lake is ice, and so I'm getting every little last bit in. And uh, and so I had the the phone with the charger because it's cold already, and I'm Dude, streaming the game. That's hardcore, bro. It was it was that's cool. That's hardcore. It was fun. It's it's emerging of things I love. I was watching football in nature, drifting along, uh, chasing these beavers that were like splashing their tails in the water, and then a woodpecker. I was like getting some pictures of that. It was it was a cool moment. So. Not too focused on the game, but I saw the first quarter in the kayak, then I came home, had dinner, and then I caught uh, bits and pieces. I saw enough of the second half that I'm comfortable saying, 
and you can chime in here at some point too, but I feel like Utah still would have beat Stanford if their Heisman candidate running back had been healthy and in the game. And for a BYU fan, that's something you, we don't have to imagine how that feels to beat a top 10, you know, and we'll extend that to 15 team in the nation with their Heisman candidate healthy. But I mean, you guys are still having to kind of hypothetically imagine how that would feel to have the healthy Heisman candidate on the team when you beat them. But I think it would have happened. Hey, wins a win, man. It doesn't matter who. Let me ask you this: Was this "quote unquote" Heisman candidate playing defense for Stanford? Because we put up forty freaking points on him. So you tell me this Heisman candidate if I've he's had, playing defense, then maybe we have a conversation about this. I've had I've had that conversation so many times, just not here and not with you. But the the time of possession, the, it all factors in. You know, the the offensive weapon does make a defensive difference. You know they they control the ball better. They handle the clock better. But I'm I'm not saying you're wrong, and, and he would have made a difference. I think Utah still would have won. They played a really complete game. They played well. Yeah, now that being I said, the way we played definitely. I mean, you, you, obviously you never know, right? But mm. I mean, the way we played definitely. I think we would have would have won. I don't know. I just wanted to make all the Utah fans that are listening like right now to just roll their eyes with that. I I don't want to take away from your win. It was a good win. And here's the thing, too. Coming from the other point of view, I'm watching this game unfold, and I'm watching Stanford mount a comeback. And they've got third and nine or third and long, whatever, and they bring pressure from the outside. And Huntley is he's just dead in the water. And I see him sidestep and just launch it. And I've seen that before as a BYU fan. I'm like, oh, He's, he's making a dumb decision. I've seen my quarterbacks do this. He's throwing it desperately. Lo and behold, you'd pointed this out on Twitter, and this is, I'd already, I was like, this is something. I think the season turned on that play when that Same was a here, completion dude. and a touchdown because really Stanford had the momentum. They could have lost the game on that, not on that one play, but that could have turned the tides. They could have ended up losing that game. They lose that game. Their morale's down going into Arizona, going in, you know, the rest of the season. That was a, I think, one of those shining moments that they sing about in March, you know, yeah, that was a yeah. really good play. I, I agree, man. I think we'll look back if if the season goes well the rest of the way, we'll look back and say right there is when they got their swagger back. Because you're right, we're up nine at that point. It's third and three. The crowd's getting into it. We're on our own 40-yard line, 35-yard line, whatever it was. And he gets hit, throws it off his one foot, off balance, mm-hmm. in stride, bam, 57-yard touchdown. And that is when Tyler Huntley got his swagger back, baby. Yeah. At least that's what I can hope to. I hope that's because you look after that. The, I mean, the team went nuts. They were all super jacked up. And, dude, regardless whether they had love or not, to go in there and to put 40 points on a Stanford defense and to score running your style of game and then to play the, the defense we play, I think I think that's enough back in their mojo to propel them for the rest of the season. I think so, especially because the season light, the schedule lightens up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Washington, Stanford were first two of our first three, and then yeah. the other one was the road game at Wazoo, who actually like five and one now or six and one. They look pretty good. They're now, no dude, slouch. we got we got the the dregs of the South coming up. We got Arizona, <laughs> we got Arizona State, we got UCLA, who's terrible. We got USC, who they're still talented. So it'll be a good game. I mean, our, really, our toughest game is against Oregon, who's a, nor- a north a north uh, foe. So if we can beat all the South and maybe pull it off against Oregon, we can still win this thing, baby. And, I, and we can I, point back to that game and that play, and boom, it all hinged on that. 
I think so. And, it, and you're right. This has been just a roller coaster of a season for both teams. The Twitter vibe. I mean, you talk about so many old takes exposed, and I'm I'm too lazy and old to go searching people's old tweets anymore. But yeah. I mean, I would just imagine this season is ripe for everybody to look dumb with their old tweets. We we all had bad opinions. For for the better, um, for the worse. On both, and still, dude, still we still can. I'm saying the season's yeah. not over because I look at last year. Okay, we or not last year, two years ago when uh, when uh, no, it actually yeah, it was last year. So we lose to USC at USC by losing mm. a two point conversion, and we should have freaking won that game if if Troy Williams would have looked up and saw Darren Carrington literally all by himself in the end zone. Fling that there, we win that game. Yeah. But I remember feeling after that game, I was like, there's no one else we can lose to. I'm yeah. like, this was the best team we play the rest of the year. There's no one else we will lose to. And the very freaking next game, we get blown out by Arizona State at home. The yeah. next game. And then we go to Oregon and get beat badly. And it was just a, it was a mediocre season. So granted, right now, I feel really good about what's ahead in the rest of the season. But you never know, dude. You never know what could happen next week. You never. Three weeks ago, when I was screaming at midnight, and you were grinning ear to ear, we never <laughs> would have predicted we'd be at this point right here. You know here's, the vibe we both feel. Here's my if I'm a Utah Ute fan. Here's my concern. Which you are. Well, I don't know. I had. A, I, have I ever told you about this dream? This is a cool dream. I had a dream, <laughs> and I I was I often I have football dreams. You know, like once I had a dream I was in the NFL. And we had spring camp in Hawaii, and I'm running routes in the ocean, and it was just like this awesome thing. Well, I had this dream that I was all suited up for the Utes, and I was like about ready to run out of the tunnel, and that's exciting, you know. I was just like hitting my teammates, and we had the cool helmets and all that, and I was like, this is awesome. And I woke up, and I'm like, what was that? That was like the the worst, best. I'm like, it, it was terrible. <laughs> Dude, it sounds like Nebuchadnezzar's dream, bro. We need to get Daniel in here to freaking interpret this thing man you're gonna, supposed to I'm be a youth fan that's what it is you're supposed I'm gonna clean to be this a youth fan there might be children listening in the car so i'm going to keep this analogy clean this is what i compared that dream to imagine oh. you're kissing somebody and it's the best kisser you've ever had and you turn on the lights and realize that's not the per- kind of person you thought it was okay. that's what that felt like i was all excited like this is awesome and then i was woke up and was like that mom was all you turn wrong. on mom's there <laughs> That was all wrong. You turn on at your mom. I got you. I see. It's terrible. Okay. No, I think it's even worse. Yeah, it's fine. We don't have to go into too many details. You all have imaginations. If it, it yeah. was, it felt so right, and it was so wrong in reality. Yeah, I got you, man. Well, you know, if you ever do decide to make that leap, you know, I I will welcome you, open arms, and say your dream is fulfilled. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I like Utah fans. I I just can't. Yeah, you know, I just can't. It's not. It's not me. I, so I anyway, but going all the way back to where I started. If I was a Utah fan, the identity of Whittingham coached teams has been they get up for the big games, and the reason at least one source said that Whittingham doesn't like BYU in the middle of everything else is BYU is an emotional game, and historically. They had lost the. They they beat BYU over and over and over. But if you look at the game before and the game after, they perform worse than they should because there's a little bit of a what I don't know hangover from the excitement. Uh, yep. An emotional so, hangover. Yep. Arizona coming up, they look like they're beatable. I would say watch out for that just because that's been the identity historically. You know that Stanford win was emotional, and you could tell in the players. Huntley post game like calling out whoever was criticizing yeah. his receivers or whatever. You know that yeah. mattered to the players, and when it matters to the players, 
I worry just a little bit because of where Whittingham coach teams have been in the past on that. No, you're right. Absolutely, bro. It's not just that. It's not just the BYU. I mean, like I mentioned, perfect. Another example, dude. The USC game I just mentioned. Yes, mm-hmm. we lost that, but it was emotional and it felt like, dude, we hung with them to the very last play. And then the next week, we just don't get up for Arizona State. Or right. the week before, I mean, the year before, bless, uh, I hate bringing this up, but we go to Arizona State and annihilate them. Or I think mm-hmm. we're like eight and one or seven and two at that point. And mm-hmm. the South is in our grasp. And the very next game against a three win Oregon team, mm-hmm. we lose last second touchdown. We just, you're right. There's, uh, unfortunately, under wit, we play up, but we also play down occasionally. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm saying no game is guaranteed. And I look yeah. at every season. Uh, as evidence of that, but right now I feel good with the way the way we did it because we 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 played to our strengths. We have an NFL running back who's a beast, and we fed it to him, you know. And the yeah. line blocked, and they were aggressive, and they didn't. We didn't need Huntley to win the game with his arm, even though right. ironically, the play that basically sealed the game was a, a nice long sixty-yard touchdown with his arm. But yeah. yeah, it just the way things felt. It feels good because. Our defense is awesome. It's still top 10 defense in the mm-hmm. country halfway through the season, so they'll keep us in any game. But, yeah, feels good. Feels good. Good. Speaking of feeling good, what's the longest you've ever gone without going to the bathroom? <laughs> uh, not nine and a half hours, that's for sure. <laughs> and, dude, give, give, a, give a little background on why we bring this up to those that aren't uh, too familiar. This was the best. So my wife is doing a social media fast like many – people that we know are this week. So I had to get home at the end of the day. And it's funny because she, my wife never tweets, but she has a Twitter account so she can read my stuff. Like I'm the only person she, she cares. <laughs> She's just like, I want to know what you're doing on your phone. You know, when you're just like, I'll stare at my phone and laugh much like, much like you do sometimes. So my will just go to Twitter and then she'll like laugh at responses and things like that. So she catches up on all my Twitter stuff, like at the end of the day. So we're sitting there, and I just look at her, and I realize she has no idea what an amazing Twitter day I had. I was like, honey, you got to see this. And so <laughs> it was the same thing with you and your wife. I slid over next to her, and I'm like, all right, first read this. And so it's like Coach Kyle Whittingham saying, go ahead and ask me any questions, hashtag ask, ask Coach Witt. And I, I didn't realize. I barely made the cutoff. I was at work in between patients and you just You were the last one, bro. You were the yeah. last one I think he answered. I saw somebody else had retweeted the ask me a question thing, and I was like, yeah, why not? And so just I had like – 10 seconds come up. I was like, I don't know. It just came to me. I was like, what would being a coach on the sideline? I'm like, man, I, get, I bet they got to pee sometimes. And so I just, that's how I crafted it. And, and, and being the idiot persona, you know, when you're talking to someone that's like well-known, you can't, you can't be normal. You got to be an idiot. And so I was like, Hey coach. And I went into way too much detail. Do you ever have to pee in the middle of an exciting game? I do because I drink a lot during games, but not alcohol, though. Mostly just Coke Zero. I guess that's something we have in common. But what we don't have in common is I get to go to the bathroom in commercials. Hashtag Ask Coach Wit. You know, it'd be an idiot, like, expecting him to – there's no way he's going to answer that. <laughs> Within 30 seconds, it's quote tweeted, and he's like <laughs> – well, how do you word it? Awkwardly, I've, I've, been, I've always had the uh, very large – unusually large bladder. And yeah. It was such so awkwardly quoted that when a bunch of Nebraska fans, somebody put that out there – and they put the they put the quote over a picture of him black and white like pumping his fist coaching it is so beautiful like 
I've never been in that situation. I have an unusually large bladder. Kyle Whittingham. And it's yeah. this inspiring quote, and I loved it. So anyway, I show her that, and I show her that, and she's laughing. She's like, whoa, he really answered. She's laughing her head off. And I'm like, now watch this. And I push play on, on the press conference where a reporter, it's a real reporter who gets paid for reporting, not just the idiot in Alaska, says, Coach, you'd mentioned your bladder. Tell us about that. And so he talks about this whole story of this road trip. And I was just like, man, I felt like this is actually, this is when the common man, like you and me, can rise to these levels of having people on TV talk about their bladders. Dude, yeah. You literally you literally got a national press conference, a head coach of a D1 football team to talk about his bladder at a press conference, all because of your stupid tweet. That is hilarious. Oh, and then, like you said, other fan bases tweeting it and quoting it and yeah. his bladder became a topic of discussion simply because you asked him if he peed a lot during a game it's hilarious it's incredible <laughs> so I, I responded to him too and I, he never got back to he's a busy man i understand i got i have a large bladder too and i'm like all right coach we got a lot of things in common like and i know i just said i pee a lot during games but it's not an unusual amount but like so my story is I had several knee surgeries when I was a kid, a teenager, and you know went through a lot with that with my dumb knee, and and it was good for me. I'm not complaining. I became the stalwart man you see before you because of all my trials as a young man. Uh, anyway, one of the worst trials of my knee surgery was I wake up and I'm in this hospital in San Diego, the University of California San Diego Medical Center, and I wake up and my first thing I think is, oh, I gotta pee. Like I just had the sensation, I really gotta pee, and so that's the first thing I said. I looked at the nurse, I'm like, I gotta pee. And, and she's like, okay, hold on. You can't get up yet. You know, you're just waking up. Hold on. And then I'm slowly realizing that's not the sensation of having to pee. And I reach my hand down. And about the same time I feel that things aren't normal down there, she says to me, go ahead and go. There's something in there. You're, you're, you're fine. Just pee. And I realize they've catheterized me. For those of you at home who might not know what that means, it's a tube. Because I guess there's something with the anesthetic that makes your system shut down if they don't keep it open manually with a tube anyway i was so livid because i felt violated you know this was a knee yeah. surgery nothing doing up there but anyway uh i yell i haven't get it out i think they took it out too early because the rest of that day i couldn't pee and i was like and you're in a hospital they're tracking all of your stuff you know your bodily movements and so nurse comes in and she's like you know you really haven't peed all day and i'm like yeah that's the weirdest thing i haven't had to and she's like you have to i was like or else what She's like, just try. I'm like, or else what? And they just left with that like ominous. So I was drinking, drinking, drinking like crazy. Tons of water. Couldn't pee. Couldn't physically couldn't pee. And so they come back. The end of the day, me fully awake, fully conscious. I get recatheterized. They leave the room for five minutes. They come back, and the nurse goes, "Whoa, you almost made it spill. (laughs) (laughs) You filled the whole bag, bro." It was like this, this like plastic thing, this container. But obviously, it's pre-measured to contain a bladder amount of urine or more. And and I, I apparently like set the high water mark. Dude, that's incredible, man! You are so <laughs> you are so famous now, dude. And in yeah. this whole time, you also had an unusually large bladder. I know. Well, well, I had to tell the story because people were calling me out. I, someone jumped onto my Instagram to call me out for a tiny bladder. I'm like, hey, man, that's not fair. <laughs> Like, yeah, you can't cross-reference I'm platforms this, like I'm that. I'm getting this That's reputation terrible. here. <laughs> Dude, I had, a, I had a catheter as well, as you may mm-hmm. know. I had a kidney transplant when I was 19, and I woke oh, up yeah. with a catheter. 
And dude, that is the worst feeling when they take that catheter out, bro. Oh, because yeah, you're stings. awake for it. You're not asleep when they you're asleep when they put it in, but when yeah. they take it out, they rip it out. Like, ah! Oh, man, it is the it's worst. Like, oh, making uh, me cringe. Anyway, so we could talk about catheters all day and it would be a lot of fun. But you know, let's go back to your cougars for a minute, man. <laughs> let's 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 circle back. Do we have to? The catheter yeah, is we so have much to. more enjoy- No, yeah, uh, looking forward. Here's yeah, one what thing do you I do need. now. This is what do you do now? This drives me nuts. Okay. Zach Wilson. He showed flashes of greatness. He came in at the end, and this is the thing. I'm judging everything about this guy on, like, three plays, you know. So I could be wrong, and I'm going to say that right up front. We know nothing about him, but he looked good. He looked athletic. He gave us a juke move. He threw the ball like an athlete should. And just it's night and day comparison of how the quarterbacks move, their throwing mechanism, everything. To me, he looked like the guy I want taking the snaps. So I am very much of the contingent saying, let's get this guy in a game. Let's get him in a real game. Let's let's start him. Let's give him meaningful reps. Let's give him at least the first half against Hawaii. If it's not working out, Tanner can come be the hero or not. doesn't matter at that point. If neither of them are any good against Hawaii first half, then – What's the point of any of this anyway? Here's yeah, what I mean, drives what me lose? nuts. I, w- I would start him too. That's what I just go go I, on to the next. Just move on. I have to call it. There's a lot of people in my fan base saying, "Let's not play him enough to lose his red shirt." And it's just it makes me pull out my hair and say, "Where have you been the last ten years?" You know, we we didn't want to lose any of. Tanner Mangum's eligibility that year Taysom was here and they put him into a game in garbage time put him in the Wyoming game or he played Taysom was injured at that point we're like what about his red shirt well how would you feel if he had another year right now would you be really glad that he had his red shirt and he could stick around one more year that's the thing that kills me is we we're looking at this saying if you're calling to protect Zach Wilson's red shirt you're saying I believe he is the best quarterback we will have for the next 4 years after this year and that's just we just don't know the future you know we've got him I'd rather save this season because that's the thing if you save him this season you're losing recruits you're sacrificing wins you're sacrificing that's the backwards direction for the program you got to get a guy in now who can turn this program around now I don't think Tanner's that guy. I, I took a bunch I of photos. You, you've seen me. I'm a photographer uh, on the side. I, I brought my camera to the Washington game, and I was photographing him in warm-ups. It, it, people are right, man. His motion, he's got these weird – I've got these still photos that when, when the ball is cocked back, he looks good. When he releases it, his right arm looks good, but his left arm is not where it's supposed to be. It's this weird – like he's throwing it but still putting his left arm in front of his chest – Halfway through his throwing motion, his right arm, his elbow goes like a full second before the rest of his hand. I don't know. How, that, it's, it's no wonder he's accurate about 75% of the time. It's a weird throwing motion. Dude, what, ha- what happened to him, man? I mean, his freshman year, he was – I know he, he lived on, a lot on the, the two Hail Marys, but he still threw for 3,000 yards as a freshman. Well, And, I mean, did, was there just a lot of – I didn't watch. I don't recall his freshman season. But was there just a lot of like puffed up stats in that, or what? No, no, they were legit. People would criticize and say, "I don't think Tanner's that good because look who he's throwing to." Taron Houck, incredible athlete, he'd go up and get the ball. Mitch Matthews, one of the best I've seen at high pointing a ball 30, 40 yards downfield. If you got Mitch Matthews down there, get it in his area and he'll do the rest. He doesn't. He hasn't had a Mitch Matthews since then. Aside from that, I think pre-injury, I believe he had shoulder surgery. Before that happened, it was a natural throwing motion. Afterwards, I don't know if it's part of his recovery or who did the surgery, how it was repaired. 
He's not the same. He doesn't have the same arm. So you take away that receiver that's really good at high pointing the ball way downfield. Mitch Jurgens was good at that too. I mean, he you've got some good weapons out there. He used to be throwing to, so they're gone. People aren't high pointing. People are losing the one on one battles with the DBs. And then on top of that, it's going to be maybe in a ten yard radius if you're more than thirty yards downfield. It's just. You know, it's, and I I like the guy. He's a good guy to watch. He's a good guy to cheer for. But it's it's his time's gone. You know, I yeah, don't think dude, he's the you, NFL you play guy. To win, you yeah. like Herm Edwards said, you play to win. You don't watch this to cheer on good guys. It, mm. You know, that's it's great. They they're good guys. That's great. But that's that doesn't get you out of your seat, and that's not why you tune in. Right. You, you tune in to watch good football and watch teams win. And and you know what. If I were in your shoes, I'd be in the same camp. Let's go, move on. Let's see what Zach Wilson can do. Do it. Yeah. I, I mean, what's the at this point? You're three and three. You know what's what else is there to play for? You know, just go. Just just start developing the next guy. Maybe he can win you some games that Tanner can't with his with his feet. You know. And it, it's gonna be. I don't know. I'd hate to be right on this, but it's this never ending cycle. Like so many people were like bench Taysom, put in Tanner. And and then so many people now are bench Tanner put in Zach Wilson. We've got a really good quarterback commit from Arizona. His last name's Conover. Looks great. He's putting up crazy numbers high school wise. You know, he's gonna be another great BYU quarterback. One or two years, people are gonna be saying bench Zach Wilson, put in Conover, you know, and then the next guy and the next guy. Like I, I don't see any reason to say let's make sure we can save this red shirt for the future because we're putting all our eggs in one basket. You know, you you gotta go with who's the best guy now. So, I agree. Just hopefully go, they go do with that. The best guy. And if you can win, I look at like Alex Smith, for example, he lost his red shirt. That was before this cool four, four game red shirt rule, you know, right. He lost his red shirt on three plays at San Diego state, his freshman year, like the eighth or ninth game in the season. He got mm-hmm. sacked, sacked through a pick six and that's it. And that yeah. was his whole freshman year. And, yeah. and we were always like, oh, dang it. We wish he would have another year. But he still ended up leaving early anyway. He left yeah. after his junior year anyway. So even if he had another redshirt year, we would have lost him two years early because he just was good enough and ready for the pros or he left. So I yeah. agree. You can't count on what's going to happen in four years. You can't. Right. You play now. Who's ready now? Who's going to win now? And go. Yeah. And, and to that same point, Honestly, after the Wisconsin game, I thought, man, this better be a really good year because Grimes is gone. He's gonna go get a head coaching gig in a P five school, like he's because I, I attributed all of that success to him. He was the most noticeable difference between last year and this year. It's like, yeah, he's he's gone. But if we can run, not run the table, we'd already lost to Cal. But if we can have a great special season, finish top fifteen, top ten, I don't care if he's gone. It. He's done wonders yeah. for the program, and we'll get someone else good in. But you know what? I look back, yeah. Yeah, looking look, back now, it's I like, look, can can you believe I thought that? <laughs> you know? Yeah, no. Well, I mean, hindsight's obviously twenty twenty, but to the, your point, I look back at I look at when we had Urban Meyer. We mm-hmm. only had him for two years, but freaking, I wouldn't have traded those two years for anything. I wouldn't have traded, had them be a little less successful to keep around for two more years. You know? No, those yeah, two yeah. years were freaking incredible. Right? And you dude, you win. I don't care. You worry about next year, next year. You worry about your roster next year, next year. Just win now. Anyway, people need to apply this to their families too, because this is this is our podcast. We're not just talking football. You need to live this your is life, life this way. bro. Dude, I know. Listen to what we say about I, everything. I know a family. Their concern with going to Disneyland is that their kids are so young. 
that they'll probably enjoy it in the future. But then you got the age spread of the kids. It's like, all right, well, this is the optimal time for the oldest. This is the optimal time for the youngest. And you're going to give yourself like a one or a two year window to say, this is the time we were living for. That's not a way to live your life. You've got to live for every year. Every year has got to be your best year. And that's the thing. You never, you could, if you can afford Disneyland now and that's a family goal, go do Disneyland now. Because yeah. It's it's tragic. It's terrible. But I've I've lived through some stuff, and you've seen some stuff. Nothing is guaranteed in the future. You don't know if nope. you're going to be able to to walk, or if all of your family is going to still be alive, or if you're going to have a house that's not yep. in ashes in a pile in the corner. You know. Yeah. And and that's the thing is when these things happen in life, when you lose things you were counting on, your memories are still there. So invest in your memories. Boom. Right. We need to write a book. What are we doing with a podcast? Let's write a freaking book. The Mickey Beignets will be there later and now. So go get them now. You know? Yes. <laughs> okay. So this week, this week, yeah. let's wrap this up as we get ready for this week. So Utah's got Arizona. Okay. We know that you played Arizona um, and and beat them. I, I just still, I, I don't understand what they're doing with Khalil Tate. Because mm-hmm. last year, like I said, when he – and it was a different coach, obviously, with a different offense, Rich Rod's spread right. option where the quarterback was expected to run. He was awesome. He was mm-hmm. he, he ran for 300 yards during some games. Like, he was awesome. But this year they're trying to make him Peyton Manning, and it hasn't really worked because he's not an accurate thrower. Mm-hmm. And when he does run, I know he's injured, so he's not as, not as good. So I think with our defense, we'll be able to contain him. If we don't have a letdown like you mentioned, which we mm-hmm. could, if we come in ready and prepared, I think Utah wins 35-17, something like that. All right. I also yes. have Arizona scoring 17. Ten okay. of them coming from the offense, seven coming from the defense. Defense is going to put up seven. I have Utah scoring 21. It's going to be close. Okay. It's going to be – it will be the letdown game where they were kind of saying, you know, this is a lot easier than what we did last week. But the talent will prevail. Utah's just got better players, so it, good well, teams you, can if, get away with that. If somehow we end up losing to Arizona, you think I yelled against Washington? <laughs> you, you freaking wait till next week. There will be fireworks, bro. But it's like a roller coaster where the you think the biggest drop is the beginning of the roller coaster and the exciting part, and then they get you at the end. A surprise. Yeah. That's that's what next week would be like if it were a loss. It would be. Okay, so you got Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, I uh you know, honestly Hawaii is I look at them a scaled down version of how I look at Utah State. You know, they've got an exciting offense six that I year heard old about with a knife. early on. Yeah, 6-year-old with a knife and it's a smaller <laughs> knife. You probably won't die, but he's going to put you in the hospital. That's a pocket knife. <laughs> if, if it'll you're not get, careful. You need stitches. Yeah. Placed perfectly it could kill you, but you know, yeah. don't let him like climb on your shoulders and reach your neck. He's tiny. So I'm, I'm getting I'm getting carried away with my analogies here. I I do I see Hawaii as a threat. If if the same BYU shows up next week that showed up last week, Hawaii will beat us by ten, maybe twenty. You know, it's really? it's something where I I do think BYU needs to get up for this game. If last week did not get their attention, slap them in the face, get them ready for this. No matter who the opponent is, get them ready because of how poorly they executed last week and how embarrassed they should be about last week they need to get up and if they get up they'll be just fine i see them putting up a record high number for them this season uh i i could see them getting well into the 30s you know i maybe i'm gonna say 36 points BYU will put up 36 points and same thing seven of them will be from the defense so, but but we'll get the offense rolling. Uh, the defense too has—they have really underperformed. Taki Taki specifically was an animal the first couple of games of the season. He kind of dropped off. He's had a quiet last few games. So, 
defense can step up. Uh, keep Hawaii in the 20s. We'll, we'll say that. We'll say 36-22. That's, that's okay. my BYU-Hawaii optimistic, expecting them to show up prediction. See, I know, I know Hawaii's record six and one, which is glossy. They got a glossy record, but mm-hmm. I don't think they're as good as, as a six and one record. So I think I, I think BYU wins something like 27-16, something like that. The, Vegas was giving BYU. I think it started as something like a twelve point favorite, and I think the uh, I think the odds have like shifted in BYU's favor based on how people are betting that they're giving BYU more and more points. Which I think gotcha. means that means people are choosing the other one, right? Yep. I don't well, know how yeah, it works. Yeah, because they're they're trying to get people to throw money. No, I think they're trying to get people to throw money at Hawaii. When the, oh, I'm okay, not a, yeah. I'm not a gambler, but when they're when they when BYU's point spread goes up, I think they're trying to get people to throw money at Hawaii. Is what they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think okay, you're right. so maybe maybe I'll save this question for next week. But uh, big picture, man, let's say they lo- they lose to Hawaii. Dude, what what? Where would you stand with your head coach? Oh man, I, I think hear, I hear. A lot of things. I think everybody gets uncomfortable if they lose to Hawaii because the rhetoric has been... In fact, Dylan Colley said this today on Kalani Satake's show. He said, you guys see the results, but you don't see the internal things that are happening. This program is moving in the right direction. He was kind of the reassuring voice saying, you guys aren't seeing this, but there's improvements being made that are substantial ones that will di- pay dividends for years to come. And that, you know, that's great. That might be... Dylan's a wise guy. I could see him being a coach someday. You know, I mean, he's he he says the right things at the right times, and that might be all that is. If there's substance to it, it better translate onto results on the field. If it doesn't, then you're wrong. And so I I don't know. I think I think everybody gets uncomfortable, including Tom Homo. Not that they're going to fire him and let him go, but suddenly there's a lot more responsibility on him to make that decision, saying, okay, how long is Kalani's leash? You know, yeah. he's a great guy. Same thing. We want him to succeed. We would love nothing more than for him to be the one that ushers in the return of BYU football as we know it because he's he's a BYU guy through and through. But you know what? If if we're going to have less than 500 seasons for very many more years, I mean, no program. That's the thing. BYU is pretending to be B5, uh, be a P5 team. And I don't mean that derogatorily. I mean, they're setting themselves up saying, look, we're going to recruit P5-level talent. We're going to put together as close to a P5-level schedule as we reasonably can. We're going to fill our P5-level stadium. We're going to be on P5-level TV. You know, everything else around there is what they're trying to build. P5 programs don't tolerate that. You know, their coaches are out after two, maybe three below 500 seasons. So if that's your identity you're going for, you got to pony up and say, okay, we got to make the, the the hard decisions. Yeah, and I guess it depends on what level. Because if you look at like the Ohio State's and Nebraska's, I mean, Nebraska fired Frank Solich at nine and four or nine and three. Right. You know, they don't put up with that. In Ohio State, uh, you know, uh, gosh, Tressel was gone after I think one bad year. You mm-hmm. know, they don't. So it depends on what level you're at. You're right, but you're at two, especially three. I think anybody after three. Sub five hundred seasons are gone. Two is pushing. Right. I know Kyle was on the hot seat after the two here, but I mm-hmm. think he got a, he got a grace period because we had just moved from the Mountain West to Pac twelve, so people use that as a crutch. Right? But yeah, man. It, you you got to win. You got to win. That's just the bottom line. Doesn't matter how great a guy you are. And I yeah. like I said, I loved Sataki when he was at the U. My favorite, one of my favorite assistant coaches, and he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. But dude, you got to win. Yeah. So all right, bro. Well, let's wrap this up. Who's our sponsor this week? Is it North Pole Dentistry? <laughs> no, that's like there's like two or three competitors of mine that all have North Pole in their name. Our name oh, is really? just is just my name, Eric Buto DDS and Benjamin Hadfield DDS. Come see us. We have a website now. 
That's how good we're doing. Oh. ButoDDS.com. You'll see a lot of my photography there. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's sign off. We will we will catch y'all next week. Uh, hopefully, Benjamin's in a better mood and he's happy because he got a <laughs> win. And hopefully, the youths have moved to four and two, uh, lining up with the big matchup with USC. And actually, next week, I'm going to be in Kansas City. So I will be doing this podcast from my hotel room in nice. Kansas City. On the road. That's how important this. We don't. We don't miss a week, man. That's how important this podcast is. We do not miss a show. So you, you, anyway, we we, we might. <laughs> I don't know. Go Utes. That's, go go Cougars. <laughs>